Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're really got an exciting guest today. She's known as the matriarch of Bravo's hit reality show, Thicker Than Water, The Tankards, and the current star of Fox Souls, Chatter. Jewel is a superstar in both business and entertainment industries. As a serial net marketer, she has grossed over $5 million and empowered over 250000 in her robust organizations, including Jewel Tankard Foundation and the Millionaire S Club. She has a global reputation for creating multiple six to seven figure earners with her success strategies. Welcome, Jewel. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. Wow. You know, you are such a dynamo. Now, you didn't get to where you are without climbing a mountain of adversity. Tell me a little bit about the climb and how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, thanks for having me on today. Um, And I love the fact that you asked that question because You know, sometimes when a person has achieved a level of success, everybody just kind of looks at that, but they've also developed a lot of emotional, mental intelligence along the way and a lot of self-control. So I grew up downtown Detroit. My parents were actually the first African-Americans to have a business downtown Detroit. And um, so that was like the first introduction of a power couple that I saw mom and dad working together and did, they did very, very well. And uh, we had all the, now now that in itself is a story unto itself. I mean, uh, you know, blacks weren't supposed to own businesses and do things like that. So that was a very difficult thing for them to get out of that, that situation. Yeah, no, for sure. My dad is a fighter and and still a fighter today. And, uh, you know, they did. They fought through. He was determined. He made a decision and and uh, he pushed through the challenges and and actually, you know, did did very well. Um, And so we grew up as a result of that with his and her Rolls Royces, his and her Mercedes. I had a Volvo at 16, housekeepers, cooks, drivers. And then in 19, Alan, we lost everything. And I was devastated because all this time I thought, wait, I thought we were rich, you know, and I started to ask my mom a lot of questions and her answer to everything was, you know, your father said this, your father thought that. And that's when I really started to realize, Alan, that my mom did not trust her own financial instinct. And um, my parents are brilliant people, but they didn't do a whole lot of asking questions about, hey, what should we be doing with our money? And that really is what started me on a path to say, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I ask people that have my answer, not my problem, people that have long-term wealth, what did they do to get there? And what are they doing to continue to grow it? So that was kind of the beginning of me really wanting to understand money and how it worked and how it operated. Well, and another thing, in addition to you being Black and being successful, 
you're a woman and successful. Now, <laughs> I'm looking at that. And please forgive me. I'm a Canadian. I, I'm a white Canadian. That You know, we don't have color issues up here mm-hmm. at a large extent. And, and you know, this this woman thing is, is another thing. I love women. I, I think everything I have in my life is a result of women getting me to the situation I've been in. So I, I'm going to ask you about that aspect of it, because that is another thing, you know, People, another guest I had earlier today, we talked about how when she started as a leader of businesses, women were thought to be secretaries, that they could be the executive assistant to the boss. But to be the boss themselves, come on, get real. That's not what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's 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 crazy that, you know, even with me, which is why I started the Millionaires Club, as I started to grow in wealth and real estate and grow in, you know, gold and silver, I didn't see a lot of women in dominant, you know, areas in this. Maybe played around with it a little bit from a hobby standpoint, but not really seeing a lot of moguls, uh, female moguls in real estate and gold and silver, which made me really want to, you know, and most of my mentors were men. And so I was like, I want to start a club that really caters specifically to women and then women of color to let them know that they should have a place at the table when deals are happening and negotiations are happening. And, you know, I think it's just that, you know, when you grow up, your mom says, you know, Baby, what do you want to eat? Let's go play with the Dow. They don't really ask them. They don't really talk to them about money. You know, what kind of life do you want to live? You know, how much money do you want to make? And so I had parents that were big dreamers and they helped me to really dream to get me thinking about some of those things that sometimes women never think about. And they just kind of like, hey, as long as my husband will take care of it. And I think that's a very dangerous position to have as a woman. I I think it is too, because I think uh, women have to really get to a point where they're comfortable with running these things and knowing these things. It, it's like the the old scenario where a woman goes to a garage and she's afraid of taking her car in to get it fixed because that supposedly is a male thing. If you're driving a car, I think you need to know a little about it to get it fixed. You know, I think that's a very important thing. Yeah, no, you need to. You absolutely do. You need to know, you know, if you whatever kind of car you get, you need to know where, you know, a local mechanic is. You don't need to be afraid to go in there and whatever they tell you, ask questions about it to make sure that it makes sense for you. And, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I love my husband to open up the door. I love when he pays for dinner. I love when he pays for vacation. I mean, heck, I love when he pays for anything. <laughs> but at the same time, there's some things he may not want to pay for. For example, when I decided that I wanted to invest in real estate, he had no interest. I wanted to invest in the inner city of Detroit, which is where I'm from. He had no interest in doing that. And thankfully, because I had my own money, I didn't have to you know, sit around and wait for him to get on board, so to speak. Um, I was able to go out and, and build a nice real estate portfolio because it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and and that's important for you as a business person to feel comfortable doing those things without somebody saying, no, you're not doing that. Yeah, no, I think it's really important. And I think women have gotten, um, you know, it may be getting a little better now, but I still don't see it enlarge the way I want to see it. I still hear a lot of women make references when it comes to money, not necessarily what they're going to cook for dinner, 
not necessarily if they're going to redecorate a room. But when it comes to money, specifically investments and business, there is a lot of deferring those kinds of decisions to their husbands. And, you know, what I like to tell women, just because he's the man doesn't mean he understands this particular business or this particular investment. And it doesn't mean that you want to keep anything from him. But I think there needs to be some honest dialogue about the fact that hey, (laughs) you know, if I want to go and learn something new or invest in something or buy something, I shouldn't be waiting for anybody else's, you know, permission, so to speak. So I've learned, you know, a long time ago that if you're ever going to become successful, it's because you take full 100% responsibility for your life. And as long as it's somebody else's fault, as long as you're waiting for somebody else, you'll probably never really see the success, you know, that you always planned on or that you always dreamed about because you were waiting for somebody else to come and deliver you, whether it's government, Section 8, food stamps, an ex-husband, child support, alimony, you know, you know, uh, PPP loans. I mean, like, and I'm not saying that all those things don't have a place at some point, but I think it becomes very dangerous when you are waiting for somebody else to come and give you a handout. I think the best thing a person could do is figure it out and ask the right questions and follow people that have the results. That's what my husband and I both have gotten very good at doing. We ask a lot of questions to people that are a lot more successful than us. And then we implement it because we're obsessed with the right results. I cannot stand wrong results. I'm obsessed with the right results. Well, I think that's a very important statement that you said there. You seek out expertise from others that know more than you do. And that's a very important thing because there's a lot of people that know more than you do. And if you're not willing to admit that, I think you will always have problems with things. And and I think that is a shortcut to success for people is to... Uh, get the expertise of other people. Yeah, I think you got to get obsessed with asking successful people questions. You got to get obsessed with how they think. You got to get obsessed with, you know, when they made a mistake, how did they correct the mistake? You know, how did they get to the next level? And I think because whatever you obsess about, you're going to become. And quite honestly, I think that sometimes people don't get there because there's not a level of obsession. Um, you know, I don't let things, you know, break my focus or distract me because I'm obsessed with consequences. And I think most people that, you know, are successful, I think they obsess. Um, I wrote a book before President Trump was who he was. I wrote a book that his daughter wrote and it was really, really good. I can't think of the name, Yavana. And it was really good. And she talked about like how when a lot of people, a lot of her friends were partying and having fun, she was, you know, coming in early, working late. I think that sometimes people don't realize the work ethic that it takes. And not that you can't take breaks, but I think it very much has to become a lifestyle of working and learning and asking questions and being around the right people because eventually you're going to produce what you see all the time. So I always tell people, you know, show me the people that are closest to me, show me how they think, show me how much money they make show me their lifestyle and more than likely your lifestyle and how you think are going to run very, very, very close. So, you know, the good thing is anybody can have success. It's not, you know, anybody who gets really hungry and really obsessed with, with success. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. You know, 
you have been a very successful businesswoman. What advice would you give a young person just starting off in business today? Um, I would tell them, <laughs> I would tell them to ask a lot of questions, put pen to paper and say, okay, you know, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm making. These are my bills. I remember one time I was doing that with a mentor of mine and she said, you probably can save a lot of money if you just make some calls. I said, what do you mean? She said, call all your credit card companies and see if you can negotiate a lower interest rate. Call your homeowner's insurance and see if you can negotiate uh, a lower interest rate. Call your car insurance, see if you can bundle them together and see, you know, your cable. So, you know, a lot of these things take diligence, but when you do that, you're going to find out that you have more money. It's just how you're spending your money. You've created a lot of poverty habits that have created poverty. Wealth habits create wealth results. So I'm always looking at what are my habits? You know, what are my habits when I buy food? What are my habits when I get gas? What are my habits? And are these habits going to get me the results that I want. So I think that all of us, me included, young people, old people, any age, really examine what are my habits? Where am I spending my free time? What am I doing? Uh, because a lot of this is going to take personal development and, and a lot of it, especially in today's time, because everything is moving so fast. So you can't really fake success these days. <laughs> you know, you got obsessed with privately being successful and then let your public life and social media be an overflow of who you really are privately. But I think, especially with young people, because they're, you know, and I'm totally into social too. I've built a multiple million dollar brand off of social media, but I also obsess with making sure that I'm watching my habits and changing them because I know at the end of the day, whoever I am privately, that's what's really going to determine if I have long-term or real success or not. Because a nice car is not success. A nice house is not even success. Good, nice clothes is not success. I really want to look at a person's asset portfolio and you know, look at that balance sheet. That's going to tell you, <laughs> that's going to tell you what's really going on. You know, and I, I think one of the greatest dangers of the 21st century is these darn cell phones where people live on them and breathe on them. You know, young people can't spend, can't do anything without their cell phone being in their face all the time. And I, I really think that's a dangerous thing we're setting up for the next generation. I think, you know, these are, are something that you have to have some quiet time where you can let the space in between your ears vegetate and allow the ideas to come up and to get those important ideas coming out. If you're constantly being harassed by messages by somebody constantly talking to you and interrupting you, I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I definitely use my cell phone a lot, um, but I would say that, you, but I do have quiet time. In the morning is when I meditate on the word of God, I write out my goals and my vision. Um, and I do take time to actually dream and kind of figure out where do I need to adjust. And um, so, yeah, you got to have the quiet time. You can't wake up with the phone, go to bed in the phone and not have any time to really meditate because a big part of manifesting is what you're thinking about all day long. So I know if I get my thoughts aligned in the morning with wealth, riches, strength, courage, boldness, it's going to follow me throughout the day. But if I start my day 
in the morning. And I've been tempted to do it too. Let me be honest. But I remember, no, I, my cell phone can't leave my life. I got to leave my life. And so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, can you share with us your morning routine, the, the routine that you have most of the time and, and, yeah. maybe, and maybe your evening routine as well, because, you know, the morning routine is to get you going during the day. The evening routine is to power it down. So your brain doesn't go all night long. Yeah, no, for sure. So in the morning, I usually get up and um, I read some scriptures in the Bible. I write out my goals and affirmation. I'm beautiful, young, vibrant, energetic, sharp, smart, bold, courageous, um, discernful, alert. And I write down connections that I want. Uh, American Express, Google, any connections or business deals, I write all that out. Then I write out things about my family, about my investments, and really what my goals are. A lot of affirmations in the morning I'm writing out, and then I say it out of my mouth. I write it down, then I say it out of my mouth. Um, and then after that, I'm up, you know, off to the races, hair, you know, makeup, all that stuff, dress. And then I'm on my first Zoom at 10 a.m. And then I usually go to about nine or 10 at night. And then I have about two hours of, you know, maybe a little Hulu, um, you know, maybe writing out some goals or reading some things or listening to something. So mm -hmm. from about 10 to midnight is my power down. Well, that's, that's, I think that's important because you can't be expecting to go at the pace you do all day long and just flip a switch and all of a sudden go to sleep at night. It's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> it's yeah, not going right? to happen. It just doesn't go that way. And, and you're, you're, you're going at breakneck speed all day long from Zoom podcast to Zoom podcast. And, and you have to have that time to, to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you do. You got to have a time to really, you know, power down. But it makes sense because then I get up in the morning and I'm vibrant, I'm energetic and I'm ready to go. Um, I've got a great diet, eat very healthy, mostly meat and veggies. I drink a ton of water every day and I'm on a great vitamin regimen, vitamin D and B and fish oil and, you know, um, iron. So I make sure that I keep myself and my immune system really in a good thriving place so that I feel strong all the time. So you've been very successful and are doing a lot of things. What is your next challenge? What is the next thing you're going to do? Because a person in your position is not just happy with where they are now. They're always looking for the next big uh, thing that they're going to get into. Yeah, no, for sure. So I think the next thing for me is... Um, you know, I've done some things in TV. I want to do some more things in television. And um, I have a goal for this year to raise up a thousand female millionaires in cryptocurrency in particularly. Um, I really think that is the next. I think people that get involved with crypto and particularly Bitcoin and Ethereum are the next multiple millionaires and billionaires. And so I really believe very strongly in early adoption. Um, so that's where I'm putting a lot of my a lot of my focus right now. Yeah, well, well, that is your next frontier for you. Uh, I'm sure you're not going to abandon your old frontier. So I'm sure you're not going to abandon your Detroit real estate holdings. I'm sure you're not going to abandon your, your television stuff. I'm sure you're not going to abandon any of the other things you're doing. No, and that's the thing about it. You don't have to abandon. You just add on. I'm, I'm, I'm not an either or kind of girl. I'm an and also. 
Um, and so I try to make sure I surround myself with an amazing team that can support that so that I can just go and, you know, fulfill my heart's desire. And that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad you're, you're doing a lot of the things that you, you, you love to now, do you do every day you, you wake up and say, I am so glad doing this. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at a person that seems to be so happy that they're doing and so grateful for what they're doing that they, they just can't wait for the next moment. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I definitely wake up like, man, it's good being me. <laughs> I'm very grateful for it, but I also feel a, a huge responsibility to make impact on the lives of other people. Um, so I'm definitely a big giver. And um, yeah, I feel wholeheartedly responsible for making sure that I'm impacting people's lives as I continue to grow, you know, myself as well. So is giving a big part of your life? Do you find that that is a huge part of your life? Oh, yeah, for sure. Last month, the Jewel Tanker Foundation, we gave away two cars to single parents. Um, and so that was amazing. And um, yeah, that was huge. And I, every week here, um, I'm giving away a bag of clothes. Today, I'm cleaning out my daughter's rehabbed her room. Um, she doesn't live here. She hasn't lived here in a couple of years. She went on to college at Howard University in D.C. and graduated. But um, I'm giving away, you know, a couple bags of books and yeah, definitely. I, I think that giving is a big part of it. And when you study even the lives of other very successful people like the Kiyosaki's, Warren Buffett, Jay-Z, all of them give away 10% at least to charities or local church. Um, and so I think giving is a huge part of, of our success. I think I think if a person misses that part of the equation, um, there may be they may have a different output. I def I'm a firm believing in, I'm a firm believer in giving for sure. Well, that's great. Now, the other thing is you, you mentioned you read scriptures and things like that, but I think another part of what you do is, is the gratitude, the attitude of gratitude that you have. You, you, you look at things in a different way when you're grateful than when you're not. You don't have that poverty or that victim mentality that goes on. You have a, a different thing. You know, If you become rich and somebody else becomes rich, you're not upset about that other person becoming rich at all. You know, it's the pie has just gotten bigger for both of you. It, it's not you having the pie and they having a pie. It doesn't take away from your pie. It's a whole different philosophy. Yeah, no, it is. I, I love seeing people become wealthy and, and do well and soar in their lives. And yeah, no, I think the only, the only time you have that is if you have a scarcity mentality. You know what I mean? People that have a scarcity mentality. But when you see everything through abundance, you're like, it's enough for everybody. It really is. And, and it ought to be happy and ought to be winning and ought to be making impact. Yeah, I, I think that that's a very, very important aspect. I, I think those are things that that people need to know. So I'm going to ask a question because I want everybody to take away something from this today. What are three things you can tell people they can do today to become better at what they want? Three things that they can do that really will make a difference for them. Um, I would say to, again, assess your habits, um, because I think wealth and poverty have habits. I think every economic 
you know, category has habits. I think there are habits for poverty. I think there's habits for the middle class. I think there's habits also for upper class. So I think you got to kind of look at, you know, what are my habits and then what adjustments do I need to make to get there? Um, then I also think that they've got to make a decision. Like, what kind of life do I want to have? Where do I want to live? What do I want to drive? Like, so much of your life is going to follow the decisions that you make. No, nothing's going to happen until you make a quality decision that this is what's going to happen. Then once you make that decision, then you just start manifesting it. And the third thing, um, you know, don't, don't feel like you've got to, I don't like for people to live beneath their means. I'm not one of those and I'm not against that. I'm more, let's create more income. Let's create some more income. Um, I want girls to get their hair and nails done. I want them to, now we don't have to spend a lot of money on bags and clothes right now, but I want people to do things that make them feel good about themselves because your confidence is your greatest asset. So all roads for me would tell them work on your confidence um, because confident people are the people that everyone likes to follow. A confident person, confident people are usually happy. They're usually certain of themselves. They're usually uh, energetic. They're usually a magnet for everything that's good. So make sure you work on your confidence. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Okay, Jewel, this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. You, Jewel Tankard, how do you live a fantastic life? <laughs> well, getting up every day, doing what I love, you know, impacting people's lives, changing people's lives, making things pretty. <laughs> Um, I always have a construction hat on. I've been remodeling in my house since last year. I've gone from the outside to now each of the rooms. I'm always doing some kind of rehab or reconstruction. Um, and then just making sure that people understand that they don't have to compromise what they desire and what they want out of life, that they can believe for too much and they can have for too much. I think, unfortunately, most people try to spend time talking people down from things. And I think you need to have some people in your life that talk you up. So I'm definitely a person that talks people up. And then I have friends that talk me up and it's good. It's good. That's huge. Okay. We have a lot of listeners listening to you today, Jewel. How do you recommend they have a fantastic life? Um, I think that, you know, it's kind of like what I said, they got to make a decision. Uh, you know, you can't wait for a war to be over in Russia or for a new president to get in office or out of office. I think you, you know, you just have to realize that your happiness and your success is not external. Your happiness and success is internal. And I think that, you know, I think venting is dangerous because whatever you keep saying, you're going to manifest. And so I think that we got to focus on saying over and over again, the promises, our destiny, what we want out of life, that's what we have to talk about more than the things that bother us or our problems. I think we have to become people that really, really, really focus. I mean, really focus on, you know what, I'm putting a focus on what I want out of life and that's what I'm going to keep talking about. And I'm going to get myself in alignment with that so that I can manifest the life I always dreamed about. That's huge, Jewel. Well, thank you very much for being here today. How can people get in touch with you or your foundation or, or your other things that you're doing so that they can learn more from you? Absolutely. Everything is Jewel Tankert, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is all Jewel Tankert. And uh, my website is JewelTankert.com. Okay. 
Fantastic, Joel. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing with us. It really was great to have you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Oh, 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 oh,